Good morning. Um, I don't have the uh, page numbers in the Bible, but it goes pretty quick, so I'm just going to uh, read it and you can follow along as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been risen, raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The word of the Lord. God. Let's pause and just ask God's blessing on his word now. Risen Lord, speak to us. Speak to us by these words in the Bible. And help us, uh, help us to be people who live in our bodies differently because of your resurrection. Amen. Well, one thing that's true of all of us today here, in some form or fashion, is that we have body issues. Um, some of you right now sitting here are probably sitting here in physical pain. Uh, some of you have back trouble, and if you don't, then you will by the time you're done sitting in these pews for an hour. <laughs> but no, some of you really are in physical pain all the time, and it's hard. Uh, some of you have a disability that makes it hard for you to do the things you want to do or used to do or wish you could do. Some of you are going through cancer treatments. You know, there's something in your body that can kill you unless it's handled and treated. Some of you watching the live stream are probably not here because you have compromised health and you don't want your body to be infected by something that will harm you. Uh, some of you are older adults wishing that you could do the things you were when you were younger. Some of, the, some of you are younger people wishing you were big enough to do certain things. Some of you are in the process of a, having a child's body change into a grown-up's body and all the... the awkwardness and difficulty and, and confusion that that brings. Some of you have had traumatic things done to your bodies. Some of you have a relationship with your body that has a lot of shame involved or disappointment. Right? Some of you don't like the body you see in the mirror. And all of us deal with the struggle of trying to channel and control the powerful bodily impulses that we all have, right? We have problems with our bodies. But here's what I want you to get today. Because Jesus rose from the dead with his body, we can have hope for our bodies. Jesus did not come just to save our souls or set our spirits free he came to save our bodies from death. He came to transform our bodies into his likeness. And so the resurrection of Jesus declares to you today that your body matters to God. 
and that the best days for your body are ahead of you if you know Jesus and trust in him. The Bible says that Jesus' resurrected body is like a prototype of what we will be when we are raised from the dead like him. So we need to talk for a minute about what happened to Jesus' body in the resurrection and then our bodies. So talk about Jesus' body and then ours. So what did happen to Jesus' body on the first Easter morning? What does the word resurrection actually mean? I think sometimes there's confusion about that term. But I want to just set the record straight this morning. Well, for starters, Jesus was actually dead. There are some people with fanciful theories that Jesus maybe fainted and then was revived or was almost dead or mostly dead like Wesley in The Princess Bride, you know, and then was sort of magically resuscitated. No, Jesus was fully and completely dead. The Bible says that in no uncertain terms. When when Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body down off the cross on Friday evening. He had been dead for probably about three hours already, which means his body was already cold to the touch. His skin was, was graying. His arms and legs and jaw hung limp. He was wrapped in a, then wrapped in a linen cloth and laid on a stone shelf inside a tomb. And there he lay on that stone shelf, rigor mortis setting in, the cells of his body beginning to decompose. And what happened to him is what will happen to each one of us. And what happens to so many people that we've loved is death. Jesus actually died. He was really dead. And there he lay, cold and motionless, from Friday evening until Sunday morning. So then what happened Sunday morning? Did his spirit rise out of his body and, and become sort of the ghost of Jesus that went and visited people? Did he turn into a, a zombie Jesus, sort of coming out of the grave, full of scars and stitches? Did he, like, suddenly wake up and think, oh, that hurt, and sort of limp out of the grave with all these bruises and aches and pains. No. When Mary Magdalene and her friends went to the tomb on that Sunday morning, they expected to find a corpse. And they actually didn't find anything. They were surprised. They looked in the tomb, and the shelf where his body had been laid was empty. It only had the linen grave cloths lying on it, folded up. So they ran away, utterly befuddled and confused and terrified, and then they came face to face with Jesus himself. Not a ghost, not a zombie Jesus, not a resuscitated corpse, but a fully alive, radiantly beautiful, living, breathing, touchable uh, Jesus just like the one they had known, only, only uh, there was no evidence of, of, of the horror that had been done to his body except the scars on his hands and feet. 
he was, he was alive in, an, in a totally new way. And over the next 40 days, the Bible tells us, this Jesus in his body appeared to his disciples in different places and even appeared to 500 people at one time who could verify that he was really alive. Which means his physical body had undergone some kind of a transformation from death to life and to new life. Now, there are people in this room, I'm sure, who have been paramedics or first responders, and you've been on the scene, perhaps, when someone has coded, when their heart has stopped beating and they've stopped breathing. And some of you may have even had the, the amazing privilege of resuscitating someone and bringing them, in a sense, back to life, right? And that must be pretty amazing. But that is not what happened to Jesus. He didn't just regain the life he had. He didn't just get resuscitated. He got a whole new, a whole new body that was still him, but no longer followed the rules of death and decay. That's what happened to Jesus. It was imperishable. Now, his apostle Peter makes this remarkable statement when he's preaching the good news of Jesus at Pentecost, which is the day the Holy Spirit came, he proclaims that after Jesus died, quote, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. One of dis Jesus' disciples, John, also writes about coming face to face with the glorified, resurrected Jesus in Revelation 1.18. And Jesus tells him, I am the living one, capital L, capital O, the living one. I was dead, and now, look, I am alive forever and ever. Do you, do you see that Jesus is still and always will be alive? He is just as alive and just as physical now as he was on that first Easter morning. When he ascended to heaven 40 days after being raised from the dead, ascension means he, that's when he, he went back to heaven, he returned to heaven. And did he leave his body behind? Uh-uh. That means there is a human body in heaven. Jesus' glorified, resurrected body. Now, that means, that means, friends, that the physical body is completely different for those who, it will be completely different for those who trust in Jesus. Because what Jesus did was not come back to life, but go into a new type of life with his body. Let me read you a quote from the great writer C.S. Lewis. He says, The New Testament writers speak as if Christ's achievement in rising from the dead was the first event of its kind in the whole history of the universe. He has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of a new creation 
A new chapter in cosmic history has been opened. You see, Jesus' body died. Jesus' body came out of the grave. Jesus' body now lives apart from the law of death and entropy and decay. And his human body is in heaven as we speak. That's what the resurrection means. That's what happened. So how is this good news for our bodies? Well, the New Testament proclaims that when we have faith in Jesus, there's a, there's a linkage between us and him. What happens to him happens to us. He's one with his people. That means that when you picture the resurrected body of Jesus, everything I just talked about, you're seeing a preview of your own body, of what will happen to you. Because you have this lifeline attached to Jesus, and so when you're attached to him in faith, you will follow him in resurrection. What, uh, the verse that Jeff read this morning in Philippians 3.21 says that Jesus Christ, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control even death itself, he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. See, Christianity is not about escaping your body. It's about the transformation of our bodies. I don't know how this all is going to work. <laughs> I don't know uh, uh, what will my body look like when it's raised from the dead. Will I be a 38-year-old male? Will I be uh, a, a child? What version of my body will I be in? We don't know answers to lots of these questions. What new abilities will we have? We don't know. Um, here's what we do know. We'll still have fully human bodies. So footnote here, we don't turn into angels when we die. We'll always be human beings. We sometimes, well, well, and we will be unimaginably glorious, right? Paul, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that our current bodies, mortal bodies, are like seeds that die. And our new bodies will be like the plants, the flowers that grow from those seeds. So the same but unimaginably more glorious and beautiful. So I think Christians, like, we can get confused about this. We can think that the goal is to escape our bodies, to leave this world behind. We quote, quote verses like, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? But any kind of disembodied experience we may have is temporary. And the goal is resurrection, physical resurrection. So your body, let me put it this way, your body is not a prison that God wants you to escape from. Your body is more like a dilapidated home that God is going to permanently and beautifully renovate. That's resurrection. And that reality can give us so much hope because the best days for your body are ahead of you. If your body is a place of pain, look to the resurrected Jesus and remember that you have a future with no pain. 
If your body is a place of shame, look to the resurrected Jesus in his glory and beauty and remember that one day your body will be glorious. If, you are, if your body is disabled or diseased, look to the resurrected Jesus and see that one day you will be more whole and more able than you can possibly imagine. Amen. But we need more than that future hope, don't we? We don't just have some distant, far off, like, yeah, someday it will be better. Because everyone in this room has a difficult relationship with your body right now, to some degree. And if you don't, you will. <laughs> okay? So how can that future hope be brought to bear on our bodies right now? Well, the, resurrec the resurrection changes our relationship with our bodies. Some of us, as I've said, some of us hate our bodies. Some of us probably are too confident in our bodies. Some of us are slaves to bodily appetites. And the resurrection can change things like that. Here's how. As people who repent of sin and trust in Jesus, here's what happens to us. Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit, his presence and personality is at work in our bodies. That's what happens. And so, we are no longer spiritually dead, but alive. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead, Ephesians 1, is at work in you. And that spirit is a deposit or a down payment on the full and final resurrection that we have. So let me give you a, a few specific examples for how that can change us here and now. Well, first of all, it can change the way we see our bodies. When you look in the mirror, you may or may not like what you see. Uh, but no matter what you do see, if you see wrinkles on your face or extra weight where you don't want it, or a nose you don't like, you see a body that Jesus died to save. And you see a body that God thinks is worth resurrecting. Let that sink in. Your body is not just some container for your real self. Your body is such an important, integral part of who you are, and God loves that part of you. And Jesus came to save that. It also changes the way we use our bodies because your body is no longer uh, primarily to please yourself. As a temple of the Holy Spirit, your body is to serve others, to please God, to worship Him, to offer yourself, body included, to Jesus. Finally, it changes how you experience pain. So the next time you are sick or you get a diagnosis that scares you or the next time you feel pain, and maybe right now in this very moment you have pain in your body, let that remind you of what is in store 
Let that remind you. There will come a day when aches and pains are gone. There will come a day when you are more vibrantly alive than you can now imagine, just like Jesus. So when you have a reminder of your mortality, friends, you can scoff at death. You can scoff at cancer. You can scoff at Parkinson's. You can say, ha, you're not going to have the final say. I don't care what you do to me because Jesus is my Lord. And I'm going to be raised from the dead like him. If you're in Christ, though you die, it will be impossible for death to keep its hold on you. Just like Peter said about Jesus. Because Jesus Christ, the living one, has his hold on you. I want to close with a quick story. Uh, there's a woman named Johnny Erickson Tata. She's a great Christian woman. She's an author and speaker. But she has been a paraplegic for about 40 years. So she can't use her legs. She's in a, a wheelchair all the time. She has very limited use of her hands. At some point, she learned to paint by using a, a paintbrush in her mouth. And she has taught so many people about you honoring God with your body and about resurrection hope. She has said this. Well, she has more reason than most of us to look forward to the resurrection, right? But she said this. The first thing I'm going to do with my new legs is fall down on my knees and worship Jesus. Because she gets it. Jesus came to save her, to redeem her body and to raise it from the dead. And so all the glory goes to him. How does that change how you live now? Because you don't have to wait till heaven to use your body to serve Jesus. You can use the body you have now to serve him. And when you are resurrected and glorified, you will still be in his presence and worship him and love him and serve him. Let me leave you with the words of 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. <laughs>